0: Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire podcast and the Mindset Matters edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey. And are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Stephanie Hanlon, welcome back. Thanks, hon. So I missed you in the last episode, episode number 34. I had to go it alone.
1: You know what? I listened to it and you did pretty darn good.
0: Pretty good. It got a little deep, <laughs> got a little deep, but I came off a, a deep week. And so I was inspired to uh, really dig into that conversation. And uh, yeah, anyways, welcome back. Thanks nice to have you here.
1: Well this you know there's a lot of comfort in in discovering and having a conversation about consciousness and about our thoughts and how they connect to our feelings and and what feelings are and energy. So I really enjoyed your you know how you dug into it and uh, and the fact that you planted the seed for this conversation I'm stoked.
0: Well I think it's such an important conversation you know and and we talk about and in that episode I talked about consciousness and ultimately reflection and thoughts and then getting to a conversation of enlightenment, whatever. And I'd gave I'd given a definition there. So for those of you who did not listen to episode number 34, this one, this episode will stand alone, but it would be helpful if you chose to listen to episode number 34, where I got into it, which was planting the seed for this particular conversation. And it this actually is going to lead into a number, I think, of episodes and conversations in the future. But I, what I want to get into today is the conversation around Dr. Hawkins, Dr. David Hawkins' book, Power Versus Force. Now that was what really kind of got me fired up and inspired to do that particular segment because he started talking about consciousness and the levels of consciousness. And let's get into that today. So First off, from your perspective, because I know that was, which was interesting, we got a little bit of backstory around this. So, Stephanie was away and I'd had just a shit week and all these things coming down on me. I shouldn't me. go
1: away. <laughs> you should I'm just, sorry. Yeah,
0: exactly. It was just because you went away. Anyways, the point is, is that, uh, and I was really looking at doing this episode and, and we don't necessarily, you know, do a lot of planning around these episodes in advance. We sometimes just go because, like you, we're doing the work on an ongoing basis and we believe that. Whatever work we're doing, it's going to have meaning to our listeners and in our coaching world, to our clients as well, because we are doing the work. The point is, is that as I had come off that week and was looking at this particular uh, episode and doing the work that I do to kind of process all of the things that I got going on, I had come across Dr. Hawkins' work, you know. And I recognized that we do this stuff in our life every day. And then I and then I saw the title of the book power versus force. Force. Oh my gosh.
1: And then your favorite line or my, your famous line is don't force the river. Don't
0: force the river. That's what I say. I use that line all the time. It's not mine. I don't remember where I got it, but it, it. don't force the river. The point is when we look at power versus force, when we talked about the levels of consciousness, which was really for me realizing that in my week and all the stuff that I had happening, I'd really kind of was vibrating at this whole, really just low level stuff you know victimness and pissed offness and heaviness and i realized that these all these low levels of uh, you know vibrationally and so when i got into that conversation and then i realized that oh gosh this is stephanie's <laughs> this is stephanie's jam why we'll get her on here and we'll have a conversation anyways we digress so let's talk a little bit first of power versus force the book. Uh, you've used it for many, many years. You've used that kind of philosophy, if you will, that context. So let's break down power versus force. Let's give that a definition I think would be very good. What's the difference, power versus force?
1: Well, the the best definition I can come up with, and, and for me, um Power, for example, is about having influence and having impact or being inspired. So power, personal power, um, being grounded and centered in knowing who you are, that very quiet kind of knowingness. That's to me, that's a true, true power. Force, I'm not talking about like, may the force be with you, Luke, that kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. life force. I'm talking about the uh, physical manifestation of force being strength being energy, being, you know, mightiness. I'm not, so that's how in this today, in today's context, and that's how Dr. Hawkins kind of forms it. So it's not about life force. It's about forcing. So there's powerful and then there's forceful.
0: Okay. So I use the term, don't force the river being that there's got to be flow, you know, and when we, and in actually in my podcast that I did on my own on this particular version of this topic around enlightenment and consciousness, it was really about being in flow. Being in flow with what's going on in the universe, being in flow with consciousness and enlightenment and not forcing, right? But that's
1: power. When you think of water being flowing, that's the most powerful energy in the world. Air is, is, you can't see it, but it's powerful wind is powerful water is powerful you can't force air i mean you can if you you know turn a turn hose on a fan on, right but th- the truth is if you just go with the flow that's mm-hmm. when you're the most powerful
0: so forcing it in this case is really not going with the flow so not trusting in the I guess energy of the uh, and consciousness right of how the universe works now see immediately this gets all esoteric. It's not esoteric. Think, d- no
1: no no no. Just stop. Just slow down. Don't step over this cowboy. Is you're thinking force is also equals control. Like when we're trying to control something, when you're trying to force the river, you're trying to control what's happening. When when you can't control something, what happens is we get to a certain point where we have to identify what energy we're putting out there. So there's a a moment of pause, of surrender, and that's where you get your power back and realize you can't force anything. You can't like there's this really funny meme right now is there's this guy with a mop and he's and he's you know trying to you know mop the ocean. You know, and every time the, a wave comes in, he tries to mop it back. You can't control that. Hmm. But human beings, we think there's so many things we can control. But if we understand that we have power in the things that we can control, then we don't have to force things. I know what it feels like when I'm trying to force something. It, I, I bump into things. I break things. I hurt myself. I cause accidents. I cause fights. When I'm trying to force things, I always um, kind of equate that to ego.
0: Got it. Okay, so I I think we'll get some clarity around this. So when I even look at forcing the river in the term forcing the river, rather than force the river, I can redirect flow. But the point is, is tap into the flow of the river would be one example of that, right? So when we talk about the energy of a river or energy as a river and the river of energy tapping into that energy of consciousness, for example, and what you're suggesting. And in that context, what I'm hearing you say is that, When we talk about force, it's something outside of us. When we're talking about power, it's more internal, tapping into consciousness, tapping into that kind of sense of where things are so that you're not trying to force it. Is that? Absolutely. Are we getting closer there? Yeah.
1: So there's the distinction. And I think what's really important for our listeners is that they come up with their own distinction between power and force. Because they are two completely different things. The funniest thing, you know, back in the day when I was working with the Edmonton Oilers, I was teaching quote-unquote power skating. Okay, power skating. And then these big guys, you know, 6'2 and 6'5 and 225 pounds and all these kinds of things. And they would just slam their feet into the ice thinking they were going to skate faster. And I remember staying one day (laughs) in the corner and I've got these giant guys around me and I'm looking up at them and I go, guys, it's called power skating, not forceful skating." This is really hard on your knees and your ankles and it's really loud. Why don't we find a way to move around the ice with a lot more flow and ease and joy? Use your body the way, oh my gosh, they're spending hours and hours and all this money in the gym and training and working on their skating, and then they're just pounding the ice. I'm like, hmm, there's something wrong here. So that's when I flipped it from they were forceful skating, not power skating. Well,
0: you know, and I I, I know we digress in this conversation, but I remember you talking about George LaRock, and not everybody will remember George LaRock in any way, shape, or form, because George was around many years ago. But the point is, is George LaRock was a big defenseman. No, he he wasn't a
1: D-man. He was a forward.
0: Was he forward? He was
1: forward, and that was what was so amazing. He was such a good skater. Oh, right, right, right.
0: But, he was, but he only had one move. One okay, move, let's force. not, let's 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 not, Forceful. let's not digress. But the point is this: George was big, big Strong. man. Gosh, you two sixty. He was a big, big man, and I always remember that he had the. Ability and absolutely the strength, and even know how to skate. But you got him to the point where you actually said to George one day, when you're working with him on the ice, Show me how you can dance.
1: Oh, funny story. So the team is on the ice, we're going through practice. And my my project. He that day... he played for the Oilers at the yeah, time, at by the way. Mm. Uh, great guy. Like he he said, okay, well, my project he was coming off a knee injury. And uh so I was working with him on uh behind the goal line, which wasn't a lot of ice If people that know hockey. <laughs> it's not a lot of ice. The rest of the team is, you know, doing drills and shooting pucks, and I've got no helmet on. Anyway, so George and I were standing at the back and we were trying to work on some skating skills, and he was super stiff, and I think he was also nervous about you know re injuring, etc. And finally, I just sort of stopped, and I said, George, you're a good dancer. He's like, yes, how do you know that? Well, because I saw you at the bar.
0: Well, he's French, too, right? <laughs> and he's French, <laughs> yeah, so. and he's
1: gorgeous. And uh, I said, show me how you dance. And he's like, looking at, looking at me like, I'm nuts. And he looked down, uh, down at the ice, and he sees his buddies, and they're all shooting. And he's like, I'm not going to dance on the ice. I go, no, I'm not asking you to dance with me. I'm just show, I said, just show me how you move. There's a natural rhythm to how we move that can actually be connected to how you train, how you run, how you skate. When you're in your natural flow, you're in your power, you don't have to force anything. So he started moving and jiving and j- and all of a sudden he started skating and striding and all of a sudden his... His uh, his uh, stride went from being forceful and aggressive to being powerful. And it was, un- and I just, all I did was connect it to his dance moves. Yeah.
0: And I, and I, and only, I guess at this point, the Oilers are still in the playoffs. So it's an interesting, we go back in, you know, down a little bit of memory lane. But to your point, so I joke about George being a really big. Big, man. Like he was, like I say, 260, 240, and he was always overweight in the coach's eyes. They always wanted him leaner. But the point was he was just big by nature, and he had that one move. He'd go in, you know, with, you know, right hand on the stick, handling the puck in behind the net, and he'd be holding off, you know,
1: two, guys. <laughs> two other, <laughs> other players
0: with his left hand. But the point, I, I go back to this, is Todd Marchant, who was like 80 pounds lighter and, and a, a foot shorter, a speedster. Like that's what he was known for in the league when he played at the time. And I always remember I was at practice one day and uh, he said to George, he said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you three strides and I'll, I'll race to the other blue line. And George goes, you're on. And so they go and there it is. You know, he gave him three strides and uh, good for Todd for number one, recognizing that the three strides was reasonable. And, <laughs> but guess what? George, George caught up. George was right there, and uh, I tell you, that's like you say, that's an eighty-pound difference at least. And so uh, I don't know why we digress, but well, the point is, is this: is Todd was there? There was a skater right there that was all about power, and uh, he didn't force much at all. And whereas. George evolved to that so that's in the physical sense of things. So how do we take that? We've shared that story I don't even, I don't even know why we go there sometimes but anyways, the point is this is how do our listeners today how do we put a context of force and power into play? in, you know, in our lives and how do we make it work? Cause we're not hockey players.
1: Well, it's not about athletes and, or hockey players or ice dancers. I think what, what the lesson is, is that what we, what we learn from those realms of sport is that there's a place where an athlete will come to a, a tipping point, whether it's a skater, a, 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 a triathlete, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, but there's a place where there's a surrender that happens, where you have to surrender control to something beyond. You can't work any harder, you can't train any harder, you can't lift more weights, you can't, there's just a place where they get exhausted. And then what happens is they have to drop into a different consciousness or a different energy level. So you think of physical, you you go to the wall physically. And then when the physical is exhausted, think about the playoffs. Okay, we can go back to hockey for a second. Some of them seven game series, some of them overtime. How are they doing that? It's not just physical. There's something else that kicks in. There's an emotional energy. There's an intellectual energy. There's a, a social energy that happens when you're on a team or with, when you're with a, a partner in ice dance, for example. There's a spiritual level for some people where they have to tap in. So the physical then gets to surrender. You, they, they let go of control. And then what happens is the power starts to show up from different areas, whether it's maybe they just slow down and they listen to a podcast or they read a book. So their intellectual power starts to increase. Or maybe they they have the birth of, I, I mean, how many guys have kids during playoffs? It's, it, it's hilarious. Their poor wives are giving birth and they're playing in playoffs, but their hearts open up. These heart expanding moments where they give, you know, their wife's giving birth while they're playing in the playoffs. So we can't ignore the ev- the evolution and the seven areas of life, but physical. When you think of physical, people think of force and power. It's not just that; it's a level of consciousness, and that's what David Hawkins kind of illustrated. Now, I carried that book since two thousand and well, actually, before that, since two thousand and two for sure. I carried it around the world with me. It's dog-eared. It's highlighted. It's shared. I've got. I've got. There's tears on it. <laughs> so that book came with me all over the world, because when I realized when when an athlete expended the physical energy that they could do, something else had to kick in.
0: Okay. So when we look at, or when we consider power versus force, of course, the word that comes up for me the most is energy. And where do we expend energy? And we often talk about energy in terms of we want to use the least amount of energy to get the greatest result what, what i know is that when it's when you're in that low energy vibration that i talked about last week you know where you're being victim where you're being pissed off and you're you know and like why is this happening to me and what do i do and you can't come up with the answers and you're trying to force the river right as opposed to go with the flow of things and recognize that that if you put a lot of energy into things or if you force things, it takes a lot of energy. So that would be like, just because we talked about forcing the river, it'd be like paddling up river versus going with the flow, which is way easier. That's ultimately, I guess that really is a, a great example of where do we expend energy and what you were saying in terms of your athletes, energy for athletes, wants to you want to get the biggest result for the least amount of energy because you want to really want to manage your energy.
1: Absolutely. And it's not just about managing energy, it's about managing time, it's about managing effort. Because there's an effortfulness when it comes to force. Like there is only a certain amount, a finite amount of energy. It doesn't matter how strong you get, how good a shape you're in, there is a place where you're going to hit the wall. So when I'm working with an athlete, you have to think about what is working best. And is there a place where that energy management system can start to tap into something less effortful?
0: Okay, so got it. So that's interesting. So let's just keep walking down this path a little bit. So when I look at energy and one of the things that how do we apply this whole conversation in our own life? You know, first and foremost, depending on where people are in the evolution of where they are in the personal development side of things. I mean, you've literally got those individuals that have, and I don't know that they would be listening to this podcast to be honest with you, but they're really, you know, they're just stuck in their stuff. You know, every day it's another drama. Somebody pissed them off. They're a victim to something else. They've got another cold. They've got another something. They're constantly injured. Yeah, there's some yeah. drama that's, it's like that is their life, right? And they're reactive every single day, which we know is just a huge energy leak. And there's always a point where hopefully you get to a point where you realize that you don't have to be reactive. When you have that level of consciousness, when you have that level of understanding, you realize that it's not the event that occurs it's your interpretation of the event. And there is in a moment in time where it's not what's happening to me. It's my reaction or my understanding. So it is like, is. Something can happen and it can be really dramatic or it could be just something that happened.
1: Right. Well, it's, something's always going to happen on the way to the Stanley Cup. Something's always going to happen on the way to the Olympic Games. Something's always going to happen. It's not always negative. But what happens is that we don't want to prepare for the something that's going to happen. And when we're preparing and we're understanding that emotional, intellectual, physical, Spiritual energy is also something that we can control. So, when you think about it as energy,
0: as a tool, think about energy as a tool. I got it. So, no, we know that. So, but this goes back to what you just said. You know, the thing that in the evolution of how we are, you know, in the world of being a Stoic or Stoicism, for example, and what they did years ago, Seneca or Marcus Aurelius or who, you know, whatever Stoic is out there, one of the things that they had you know, that they shared often is about management of our energy, how we saw the world and how we processed it. Because emotionally, one of the biggest energy leaks there is, is the emotional energy leak.
1: Of of reactivity.
0: Reactivity. And everything, you know, depending on where you're at. So it's like back to Hawkins scale of consciousness. If you're at the low end of the scale, everything is you know, you're vibrating low. Everything is reactive. Everything is negative. Everything is coming at you. This is where, you know, you're screaming at the person on the road and what the hell are you doing to me? And why did you cut me off as an example? And you really, that's just your world. And then there is the next level of world going, oh, okay. So he cut me off. That really pisses me off to the point where then you go to the next level, which is, you're better at it than I am. I'm going to use the traffic as an example. You know, you're the person that goes, yeah, he's just probably not from here.
1: He's from out of town. I can tell by his license plate.
0: Right. And I look at it, go, what a dip, you know, what the (laughs) hell are you doing? Cut me off.
1: Okay. So, okay. Okay. So let's just, but it's energy.
0: But my point is this power versus force being in your power means not having those energy leaks. That's one aspect of it.
1: Yes. But it's also understanding that it doesn't mean you don't have to work hard.
0: Oh, I'm not right? suggesting and so, that. No,
1: I just want to make sure that this doesn't get lost is that when people are, when I'm doing this exercise with my athletes, they think, well, so I don't have to work hard? I go, no, actually you, actually, you work just as hard, but it's a different hard. It's a different result. You're focusing your energy on the things that get you the result that you want. So if you're hanging out in guilt or shame, or like you said, in victim, what Hawkins has done is he's got an actual number and I call that an energy unit. So he's got an actual number on his chart. So we can actually put it in the description below. Or if you go to the book, Power Versus Force, you can see the energy chart. It looks like a a column or a cone, very colorful that has the, you know, the very bottom uh, is uh, the vibration, the lowest vibration numbers, for example, is 20, which is shame. So if you're operating or making decisions based on, you know, thinking that you're a victim, there's something that is grounded in potentially what we as human beings would call shame or guilt. So that's a low level vibration number. Mm-hmm. So then what I do with my athletes for example is I help them describe or define what it is they're they're experiencing because I don't really go into feelings because feelings kind of they lie. They, they fool they yeah, fool for sure. you, Right? So I go, let's identify what that is. So they may not know that they're, they may know they're operating a low vibration, like you, like last week you were operating at a low vibration. But if, let's just say, for example, um, they said, well, I can come up with a feeling, but it's, I just feel like I want to blame somebody. Or I just feel like I'm like a victim or I just, I'm just feeling hopeless. So then I pull out the Hawkins chart and I go, oh, look at that. They're hanging out in an energy vibration called guilt. And that guilt equates to a very low number. Let's say it's a 10 or a 20 or something. So when you see the chart... And you start to understand that energy and and ha- has a, 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 a can equate to a feeling or a, a, a human experience that has an energy vibration that's quite low. And when you when when for me as a human being, when I start to look at that and I go, "This is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm relating to." That's the energy I'm putting into the world. Wow. That's not even, that's not worth it. But most people don't understand that that is very, very addictive, very seductive to stay in those lower vibrations and to work yourself and work your way up to a a higher consciousness, whether it's even neutrality is a higher consciousness. Willingness is a higher consciousness. It's a higher vibration. Very few people get to bliss. That's like, like you said on the podcast, it's like Buddha, Jesus Christ, Gandhi, those dudes were like way up there. Um, I'm, I'm my only go- I, I mean, the highest I've ever gotten for myself is peace. Mm-hmm. And peace, if you look at the Hawkins scale, is right under enlightenment. Actually, that's interesting. So it's like at six hundred. So there's. Um, yeah, well, you, yeah,
0: you've had moments of enlightenment. I mean, I think we 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 both have. And, but it's fleeting. I mean, it's not where we live. (laughs) We don't live there. But I I mean, ultimately, you know, there's always the awareness of how we are expending energy and where our energy is being put. And I think that, you know, from the, if there's a message in this podcast around it all, is that understanding the energy leak that we are, in other words, how we show up. Or what we take on. So there is a, you know, there's, it's for, I'll give you an example. Somebody says something that pisses you off. Okay. In that moment, you get angry and you may respond or you may not respond. But if you don't respond, and so you can respond in a, you know, a, a very calculated way, you can, you know, observe your annoyance and go, that's inappropriate or I don't represent what you just said or you get it, but you clear it up and or you don't clear it up, which is the more common thing because people don't want confrontation and they carry it around all day or all week and they go back to, well, the boss said this and that was insulting and that's not very good and then there's pride that gets mixed in there, which is that lower energy vibration, but there's also that whole energy leak that you have of the story you're telling yourself for that... Next week
1: or forever, that's exhausting.
0: I had a manager, and you know this one. I had a manager, I made a comment to him, I don't know, five years before he brought it up to me. And it was such a simple comment I made to him. It was like, Well, you know, he had a great week or a great month or a great year. And I go, You know, in this economy, You know, anybody can pull that off. And it wasn't intended to insult him in any way, shape or form. It was like more, I was like in this good news, like it's good news in this kind of economy. This is the kind of stuff that happens. That's awesome. That's how it was intended. It didn't show up that way for him, which is fine. Okay. Got it. But he didn't deal with the issue. Then he just let it build up. He hung on to that for five freaking years. And that's, just imagine the energy that that sucked up Okay, well,
1: let's just identify it from the Hawkins uh, scale of consciousness. So anger can be related as hate, aggression, antagonistic feelings. It vibrates at an energy unit of, let's say, 150. We don't need to know what that means right now, but it's 150. So hate, aggression, and antagonistic energy, if you carry anger around for five years, there's not a lot of evolution in that. So had he been able to clear it or tell you that and had the courage and the pride to say, Patrick, that that pissed me off, or that really hurt my feeling, he would have busted that energy, cleaned it up, up, and maybe moved to another level of, you know what, I stood up for myself, I'm feeling really great, and that frees up energy. And one of the things I always say to my clients and my colleagues is that whenever you're holding on to something in a story that you're telling, whatever that energy is, locks it in. And what's truly supposed to happen gets stuck behind that. It gets clogged behind that story that you're telling, that low energy vibration. So, what's supposed to come to you can't come. You just mm-hmm. can't. It's impossible. So, I know this, again, out of context, I don't want anyone to think that this is as esoteric. As it is. It's actually math, it's just simple math. So, anger, for example, has an energy unit vibration of 150, let's say. But when I'm talking about earlier about peace, peace has a vibration of 600. So if we're talking about um, new num- n- numbers, something that has higher value, higher value, powerful energy units start at courage. It starts at courage, that has 200 energy units. and it moves up to enlightenment that has 700 to 1,000 energy units. So if we're thinking we're, we're, we're human beings, but we're, we're energy. And this book and this, I don't know, scale gave me so much peace and comfort and power when it came to dealing with athletes who were dealing with stuff in their lives and things that they were angry about and they were afraid of things and they wanted, they had this desire of winning, you know, the gold medal, but desire, if you can believe it, is a low energy vibration. Desire is a low, desire, wanting, craving is just under anger.
0: Why is that? Is that because it's driving you? It's what's driving you?
1: Yeah. Well, desire is is a wanting. Anything. Anytime there's an ing, like an ing on the end of something, a wanting, a desire, something that is is external, outside of you. Maybe it's something that you're. Uh, that there, there's a craving. Craving is an external energy. Anytime these energy, these low energies are outside of you, they can't. They're not part of your power. And this is what's interesting about goal-setting. Goal, people think that goal-setting is about what they want. It's a wanting. I want a gold medal. I want to be the best in the world at something. I'm wanting, I wanting, I wanting. The wanting of something actually pushes it away from you. because the energy of desire is much lower than already knowing. That you are a champion, already knowing that you deserve success. You deserve love. You deserve abundance. So there's a wanting that actually pushes things away. So, wanting anything with an ING on the end of it is a verb and it will keep you in this cycle of never, ever achieving.
0: You know, the ING thing, the wanting really lands for me as an ego-driven thing as opposed to an inspiration, for example, where you're inspired to achieve something and have a result that is outside of you, only or sorry, is inside in, of you. Inside exactly. of you, yeah. in terms of the inspiration, where the result may, in in fact, impact many others in a positive way. So that's an interesting insight. That's once again the wanting side of it is a very ego driven kind of thing.
1: But that's where people get caught in thinking that's when they're goal setting is right. what I want is okay, okay, got it. But if you hang out in the wanting in the ing, you're never actually. Receiving.
0: Well, when you get into goal setting, because that opens up a whole different door. So I always go back to forget about the wanting, own it and say I am. Those are basic goal setting understandings. It's not
1: basic. Don't don't slow down, cowboy. It's not basic. It's what you and I have discovered in a certain body of work. When you can express the I am, I am abundance, I am peace, I am grace, I am reason. That's not normal. We can't step over that because you know, you think about the power and the Tony Robbins' of the world and, and the da-da-da. And the, you know, you just gotta be more aggressive and you just gotta you just gotta do shit. I'm like, got it. But I want to be able to do shit in a way that is grounded and is from a place of contribution and power. That's not everybody.
0: Okay. So I wanna because we're wanna bring this home. And give it a, a, a stronger context. A couple of things I want to put out. If we put on the plate, you know, or, or put on the table in terms of conversation. So first and foremost, when we look at the levels of consciousness, levels of enlightenment, understanding, and being in a awareness and intentionality in our thoughts, and our words that we use, you know, one of the most, uh, to me, a very obvious thing when we talk about energy leaks is the word hate. Mm. I'll drop an F-bomb before I use the word hate. Hating is probably, I think, one of the most toxic words that you can ever use. And if you hate anything, there's something that you need to look at. So for those of you who may be listening to this, that occasionally you, dra- you drop the H-word, I want you to consider what is worth your energy that you would hate. It's such an energy leak. And then if you take it on and you actually own it, I believe it leads physically to, you know, I don't know. I think I'm just in that dis ease, this ease, right? And so I want you to consider anybody who's listening to this that finds themselves using that word. I mean, you and I have not used that word for many I don't like, even in this I, hate I, don't, mosquitoes. I don't I don't I don't like yeah, I hate mosquitoes <laughs> really. They don't deserve that. You nope. know, there's there's a fundamental around hate and this is a, such a great quote which is, you know, hating anything. Hating anything and there's lots of behind the scenes other words, but we're going to use hate. Hating anything and especially hating somebody is like
1: drinking poison,
0: drinking poison and except, <laughs> expecting, expecting the, other the other person to die. To die. <laughs> so that. so understand that concept folks is that you're giving all this angst and energy and emotionality. And I don't care. I believe 100% that that manifests in dis ease for our physicalness. And the reality of it is, is they don't know, they don't care. And it does does you no good to hate or not forgive anybody. Now, I know it's hard to forgive. That's a whole different path. We'll maybe do a whole conversation around that. We'll do a podcast on that. But the point is, is that there is really, when we look at this low vibrational kinds of things, we want to be aware of it, shift it. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And when we look at our language, for example, and we use these words and we look at the world this way, it really is an energy leak that we then can't use that energy in other endeavors that kind of propel us and move us forward.
1: So, you know, what's interesting about that to bring it home is that remember back in the day when we talked a lot about motion versus action. Mm-hmm. So motion is the lower level energy units it, from pride down to shame. Those are motion because with pride, for example, I, my country, my jersey, I, I'm, I'm fighting for this, I'm fighting for that. Pride is the top of the low end forceful energies. And I don't mean to say don't be proud of what you're doing. Don't fight for your country. I mean, yay, yay, go, go team. But if it stops there then there's no growth. Mm-hmm. And it, and it, it's actually the top end of the kind of the lower level vibrations. And it goes down from, from pride to anger, desire, fear, grief, apathy, guilt, and the lowest one is shame. So in order to go, for example, this is hard for me because, of course, I work at the Olympic level and I work for the, you know, different players that are working towards, you know, making a hockey team, for example, or a ringette team or something. So they're told that they have to have pride in the jersey. They have to play for the flag. They have to compete. They have to be, you know, they listen to their their national anthem when they're on the top of the podium. So it's all about national pride. And unfortunately, that's one of the lower energies. It's why we have war in many levels. It's why we fight. It's why people get excited about cheering for their team. But it stops at a certain point where Calgary versus Edmonton, you know, or Toronto versus Boston, or Canada versus the US, we get caught up in our national pride. But unfortunately, that's where if it stops there, then there's a consciousness that doesn't evolve into world peace. It doesn't evolve into the higher levels of consciousness that we want. So what I would like to invite people to consider is that what it would take to go to a hockey game, watch a game, or go watch an Olympics, or, or do something, not just sports, sorry, even going into a business deal, and go in with the energy of neutral. What would it take to find neutral? Because neutral energy is the opening to actually making powerful decisions in your life.
0: Okay, but stop for a second. Are you talking about neutral as in without an attachment to an outcome?
1: Yeah, it's that. It doesn't mean you don't care. It means you care deeply because you can see both sides. That's one of the gifts that you have, is Mm. that you are able to see both sides. Okay, folks, it's a gift
0: and a curse, (laughs) by the way. (laughs) It's
1: a gift. There are no curses. (laughs) Okay. So when you get to neutral, think about it. If you can get past pride, it takes a lot of courage. So courage is just on the the one level above pride. So when you can say, I'm going to compete, I'm going to cheer for but I'm going to also cheer for the other team if they make a great play. I'm going to cheer for another team or another ice dancer or another figure skater or another ball team when they do something really great because I appreciate the game. I have a lot of understanding and appreciation for the evolution of consciousness of humanity. But the minute we stop and we are just dig our stake in about I'm only an oiler fan until I die, you know, then you can't see the great things about what the other teams are doing. So going through that takes a lot of courage because you have to stand alone. You have to be misunderstood. I want to be a student of life. I want to be a student of the game of everything. I want to see the brilliance of the Russians so that I can bring that to the clients that I work with. If I'm so locked into just one thing, then I'm limiting not just myself, but the people that I have an opportunity to make a difference to. So getting to neutral, there's a book called It Takes What It Takes by an amazing performance coach, actually, that just passed away early in. Late in 2021, Trevor Moad. So I would recommend the book called It Takes What It Takes. And what he talks about is getting to neutral. His father was in charge, if you get it, back in the day of the positive thinking. Society of North Mm -hmm. America. And uh, it didn't resonate with him. So he really started to work towards what it really took to be successful. What does it really take to move yourself past your own ego, move yourself past your own limiting beliefs and thoughts? And um, so I I would highly recommend it. But and the second book is called Getting to Neutral that I'm halfway through right now. But it takes what it takes. And when we are working through consciousness and levels of consciousness, is that where do you stop? Ask yourself, where do you stop? Do you stop at pride? Is it enough to be, you know, so proud of your city or so proud of your jersey that you stop seeing what what is really great about what makes you great, which is competition, for example. Okay, that was a bit of a rant. It,
0: well, it was good, but we got to wind this down a little bit. I think that when we look at power versus force, we look at we talked a lot about the negative side of things and the energy leak side of things. And when we look at pride and anger and the, the you well, know, those the,
1: are contracted contracted energies versus yeah. expanded. Yeah. When
0: we look at courage and neutrality, which is where we want to get to, and then you get into power, where there's a willingness and acceptance, and then we use words like reason and love and joy and peace and enlightenment. And when we bring those together. The point of, I guess, all of this conversation is what are we trying to do, really? You know, when we we're going to have a conversation, I think the next, I think we need to talk about success and what we're trying to achieve. But it isn't just an outcome that we have to look at. We have to say, well. You know, what are we doing as we're on this journey to have the outcomes that we want? And how do we want to resonate? How do we want to live our life? And does it have to be a drama? Does it have to be this negative kind of thing? Does it have to
1: be hard?
0: Does it have to be hard? And, you know, so I think this, in this particular conversation, power versus force, it opens up the opportunity for us to consider, bring our awareness to how we're being, how we're feeling in terms of, you know, is that, a, is that a, an ego driven kind of reaction? Are we living reactionary? Are we do we have an awareness of how we're being and and the emotion that we're having, where our energy is being put, and is it the best place? Are we really uh, wasting energy, if you will, in the forcing of things, or are we actually able to go with the flow and understand that you know life is occurring, the universe is unfolding, stuff is happening, and what we, if it's
1: happening for you, not to you.
0: That, of course, is the, uh, you know, that's the ultimate realization that the universe is unfolding for you and uh, not against you. Although some days it feels it like feels it's like against it. it, I tell and, you right and now. And that's
1: the cool thing, just to wrap it up here, is that's the cool thing about Hawkins' work, is that he shows in that chart, for example, is that we can choose to see how the we believe potentially that the universe is happening against us. But when you see that we choose we can choose grief. We can choose fear. We can choose apathy. And most people don't know it's a choice.
0: Okay. We're going to wrap this up and hopefully folks that you have come to some understanding of what the hell we're talking about here. If you're still with us, thanks for joining us as always, please give us some feedback. CEO at raincanada.com, CEO at R E I N Canada.com. We're on the journey of mindset matters, trying to be the best that we can be. Stephanie thank you for being back and I know you're going out of town again so we're going to have to figure out how we're going to get another one in the can mm, before. I
1: missed you <laughs> so I don't have to fly solo again that was fun
0: thanks everybody ladies and gentlemen thank you for listening if you found value in the podcast please take the time to rate and review and share with others share with your friends as it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you the listener if you have any comments, suggestions or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo@raincanada.com. At That's c e o r e i n canada.com. I look forward to hearing from you and until next time, patrick go.